The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. The antidote. You're listening to The Antidote with Dave Hawkins.
I'm Dave Hawkins, and this is The Antidote, where we take a critical look at the music of artists who share a Christian worldview. And that smooth, melodic music that led off tonight's episode comes from a new band, Esbern Snare, and it comes from their absolutely killer debut album, A Violent Peace. Now, it's obvious that every new band wants to put out a really great debut recording, but they don't usually hit the kind of level found on a violent piece. So tonight, we're going to have a chance to uh, find out what I'm so hyped about as Esbern Snare spends an hour with us, both in conversation and we air an exclusive first listen to a violent piece. The Antidote is here with the Norfolk, Virginia-based Esbern Snare. Luke Jones, vocalist and pianist for the band, is sitting down with us tonight. Luke, thanks for joining in. Thank you for having me, Dave. I know this is a lame question, but I'm going to ask it anyhow. How did you choose the name Esbern Snare for the band? Because when I Google the name, all I come up with is a ship in the Danish Navy. Yeah, um, oddly enough, my, my brother and a few of his friends actually met some sailors from that ship. There was a thing where a bunch of ships from all over the country come into port here in Norfolk, and it's a yearly thing. So they got to hang out with them for the next few days, and to put a long story short, they became really close friends with them and just hung out with them. And their ship was named the Esbern Snare. That's how we got the name. It was kind of more symbolic of just kind of a friendship, regardless of where you are in the world. Okay, so now we know how the name came to be. Mm -hmm. But what drew you guys all together? What was the motivation for starting up the band? Um, Well, me and my brother Adam, we had musical interests since we were pretty young. We started our own kind of musical stuff and ventures in my dad's office, which is actually where I am now, um, with a MIDI keyboard and a Mac and GarageBand and just writing our own stuff. And um, eventually we kind of decided we want to turn this stuff into actual songs. And we got some guys that we knew from school and then they knew some people and everything just kind of came together really well. And it was great. Having your brother and you doing it together, doesn't that create any sibling rivalry? Don't you <laughs> want to just dropkick him? Yeah, yeah. Every now and then at practice, it comes to that. But, yeah, no, there's definitely tension that comes with having a brother in the band and going through a whole songwriting process with him. But I've also found that my writing process is always much better when I'm with him. And we've always just kind of written better together and bouncing ideas off each other. So I couldn't imagine myself doing it without him. Well, now talk about the rest of the members of the band. So who else is included? Um, the first guy we got is Joe Brockman, who we had known from this homeschool group um, that we went to for a few years. I went there my entire high school year. And then through him, after we had like one or two practices, he brought on our bassist, Josiah Krumrein, and our drummer, Eric Drifka. And they had been good friends for years, and I had know the, known their names, but I hadn't met them myself personally. So they kind of came on board, and it was a perfect fit. And then we had Andrew Montgomery, who was the last addition to the band, and he was has been Adam's best friend for a long time. Virginia's state slogan is Virginia is for lovers, but isn't it about time to change that to Virginia's for musicians? <laughs> I mean, you guys are in a real musical hotbed, I mean, including some of the people that we've covered before on The Antidote, you know, having May over the ocean, the last bison. So is the local music scene really as vibrant as it seems? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. We have a lot of great bands here, and we're blessed with a lot of talent. Um, 
sometimes it's almost hard to find that. You just kind of have to know the right people. So it's not as good as I'd like to see where it could be. But yeah, there's been a lot of extremely talented people come out of here. May, you brought up, has been a huge influence on me musically. When I was really young, they were the first band I ever really got into. And um, their album, The Everglow, was definitely a huge inspiration for me at a young age. And Last Bison themselves are really good friends of mine. The Everglow has to be one of the greatest concept albums ever recorded. Yeah. It's pristine. That was actually a huge motivation for me in making an album is I thought I want an album that's going to flow from beginning to end and have a purpose behind it. Luke, you and I met last January in Toronto when you were a touring musician with The Last Bison. Yeah. And we, we spent a lot of time throwing around opinions on the music scene and we seemed to mesh with sort of the same line of thinking. So what about giving us your thoughts? What are the pros and cons in the music scene? I think a lot of the cons, that's always going to be the first thing that comes to me because I've thought about this a lot, um, is I think how music can quickly become an easy way to start making money rather than it being about the soul behind a song. It becomes about how marketable it can become. And I also think the way that radio can work sometimes is also that they'll only choose certain songs that fit you know, wide majority of their viewers' tastes. And that was always something that had bugged me and still bugs me. So to this day, I don't listen to the radio all that much. But I think we need to kind of realize or bring back what music actually means and not make it solely a business. So you're not going to just try to make your music solely radio-friendly? No, definitely not. That's obviously like, you know, a back thought when you make this stuff is like, could this actually go somewhere? But that never interferes with the writing process at all. I guess I should explain that when I say radio friendly, that's done as a derogatory term. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. You raised a point in an email that you'd sent me some time ago. Esbern Snare is striving to see the Christian music scene take off and use the creative gifts God has given them to produce something special and unique to the world. But realistically, there really does seem to be a lack of truly artistic bands in both the mainstream and Christian market. But okay, so you are opinionated about music, but do the rest of the band members of Esbern Snare share the same opinions? We kind of come from a lot of different musical scenes, I guess, and grew up around a lot of different music. Um, But for the most part, I think we definitely share a lot of the same opinions, and we all kind of agree. We never want it to become a business for us. And we want it to always be when we come into the practice space, it's time to just um, sit down and focus on writing something meaningful. And I think that's why we've always prayed before practice, or at least I've tried to, because it gets our minds in the right place. But let's talk about you guys in particular. Esbern Snare has been busy in the studio working on its debut release, A Violent Peace. Yeah. So tell us about the process. Like, how did you start the recording and how did it progress? Well, we met John Anderson. Well, I met John Anderson, the man who's been recording it for us at Whalehead Studios through my brother. <laughs> With any regards to any connections we have in the area, it's always through my brother because he's the more, I guess you would say, social one and one who will actually meet people. And um, I tend to stick away at home for the most part. But um, I met him through Adam, and I'm not sure how they met, but somehow it came up that he wanted to record our music because he had heard a demo of one of our songs, Inside Your Coat, which is actually on the album. And um, he said he was really interested in seeing what he could do with it. We built a really good friendship with him from it. So 
extremely grateful to him. He's just been a great guy to work with. So it must be interesting for you. I mean, this is your first work, your first album as a band. Yeah, definitely is. Do you think that could be a positive or a negative? I think it could be both. I think for me, it's been a positive because a lot of these songs and a lot of the inspirations for these songs have come from genuinely just having questions and not putting out something I know people are going to buy. But it was when I was just writing songs in my dad's office and with the thought that nobody would hear these. And it was just a very genuine thing for me, everything I wrote. And it was never written for the intent of people hearing it, per se. And so I think in that way it holds a special thing to me because it was was a very personal album for me.
the album lyrics seem focused on those who are really teetering between redemption and despair, but it is your recording. Mm-hmm. I mean, how would you describe the attitude and the purpose of a violent piece? I think the attitude of it has come from a place where you're just not quite sure why God brought you to a certain place. For me, it was, I grew up for the most part. I say I grew up there. I didn't really, but we went to Kazakhstan when I was about five years old. And um, we stayed there for about four years. And that left a huge impact on me, just meeting some of the coolest people that I've ever met and building some great friendships. And that really became home for me. And so to come back to the United States, to this place that's supposedly my home, but I didn't know close to as well as I knew this other country was a very strange experience. And I think the album was mostly kind of an outpouring of that, of trying to know what to call home and kind of questioning God on why he would take me from this childhood, which I loved, and then having to deal with all this stuff of growing up once I get back to the United States. It was almost, in a way, it seemed unfair to me. And I think the whole album is kind of me talking to God about that. And what would you have seen doing differently? How would you have changed that? Um, That's a hard question. Um, I think it's hard to say I would change it now because of the things I've learned. I realize that I have a purpose for being in the United States. And I realize that there's a good reason I'm here. And if he gave me something this good early on in my life, then there's no reason why he doesn't have a much bigger and better plan for me in the future here. Another of the excellent songs uh, found on a violent piece from Esbern Snare is this track, War When You Wake. Enjoy.
Rules with Ezra and Snare, and we're hanging out with Dave Hawkins in The Antidote. At eight songs long, when I first saw A Violent Peace, I thought it was an EP, but obviously at 50 minutes long, that's not <laughs> the case. But carrying on with that, here's a question I brought up with another band a few months back. Is a song and a story better told in a long format? I think for me, definitely, yes. Um, part of the reason our songs are so long, I think, is we just have a hard time putting a song down because we have all these different ideas we want to do with it. But um, I definitely listen to music that takes its time to tell a story and doesn't rush to get to a certain point. The nice thing with your music, though, even though you're adding all these different elements into it, it never seems like a hodgepodge. It comes across as a cohesive unit. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that because <laughs> I think we've been afraid multiple times it could become that. The whole album, really, it's a great package. But there are a few tracks that really stood out for me. One of those is Anchorage. Mm. Could you fill us in about that song? Yeah, I think as I was speaking about earlier, that song kind of starts off, I guess, where we left from Kazakhstan and came back to the U.S. And that song was really lyrically written and inspired about that whole process of, yeah, questioning God again and um, figuring out what to call home and just being homesick, genuinely homesick from these people I had known overseas and now that I wouldn't see again, maybe ever, you know.
Ezra and Snare put out the single Troglodyte earlier this year, and it's also included on the new album. You once told me that the song may not be the best representation of your sound. How so? I guess it was mainly because it was just one of the much slower pieces in the album as a whole. And I think listening to that song alone, it can definitely seem like we might be some post-rock band or something like that, which is great, you know, but it's not exactly what we are. And I think if just listening to that song alone, I'm not sure if you could get the full picture of, of what Esbern Snare is. But you do have a little bit of that post-rock feel come through in your music. Yeah, definitely. No, that's I love post-rock music. And that's definitely one of my favorite genres to go to whenever I'm studying or doing whatever. Yeah, it's been a huge influence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Another song that you put out, Inside Your Coat, is reminiscent, really, to me, of some of the psalms written by David, where he sends a lament to the Lord. How did the song come about? That was one of the earliest songs I ever wrote. Um, Probably the first one, or one of the first ones I ever did with lyrics, because for the longest time I just did instrumental stuff. But that song came about out of a lot of questions with life and just struggling with a lot of guilt of things in my life. And that's probably one of the hardest songs to talk about, honestly, is just because of what it deals with for me. And it's, I think, the truest expression of what I've been struggling with and what I did struggle with when I wrote it. That was another one of those songs where I wrote it with no intent of anyone ever hearing it or getting out anywhere. And then when I brought it to the band, it was the first song we ever worked on. And it was also one of the biggest pains in the butt to finish, too. As simple as the song as it is, it was just we couldn't find a way to finish the song in a way that we liked it. But if you were go- going to go back and listen to the GarageBand version of it now, compared to what it is on the album, it's a huge, huge difference.
This has been the Antidote on Trent Radio, 92.7 FM, CFFF in Peterborough, Ontario, where you've been tuned into our look at the music of Virginia's Esper and Snare. And their debut album, A Violent Peace, releases this coming Friday, and you'll be able to grab your own copy on both Bandcamp and iTunes. Or even better, you get in your car and you drive 13 hours down to Norfolk, Virginia, for their CD release show this coming Friday. But anyway, next week, as usual, we're going to switch up musical styles as we take a look into the electronic-based music of Kai Kai. And you're going to find out why this band is bound to replace both M83, Purity Ring, and Churches on everybody's playlist. But for tonight, we haven't quite finished with Esbern Snare. And here comes a slightly shortened version of their almost 12-minute long track, You've Changed, and we'll see you all next week. How do people track down Esbern Snare online? I mean, you know, unless they want to find Dutch warships. <laughs> I mean, if you want to look at Google images of Dutch warships, that's fine. <laughs> um, we're on Bandcamp. That and Facebook are the two primary ways to listen to our stuff. Well, my thanks go to Esbern Snare. Luke Jones, thanks for coming and sitting down with us and sharing with us about the album, and best of luck to you with that. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on here.